You're listening to The Wilder Podcast, episode 8, baby, with Carson Dupree. Wait, do I usually say the guest right there? Okay, then I should have said Maddie Moon of Mind Body Musings or MaddieMoon.com. And Maddie is just, I can't even begin to talk about her because she has changed my life so much with her podcast in the past and she continues to inspire me all the time. I We spoke on a lot of very, very life-changing things. Like I'm telling you like your life can change by listening to this podcast. I would absolutely take notes um, if you get the chance. I'm wondering if you're going to be driving, then obviously do not take notes, guys. No notes if you're driving, but if you're not, please do. Um, we talk a lot about the love attraction and how to change your mindset with money and just some tips on playing big, as Maddie says, and just really taking up space as we've spoke on before, which I think is super important. And we'll talk a lot more about it. And I want you to really listen to this podcast, so I'm not going to talk too much, but give you a little few announcements, I guess. I'm working on a new ebook. It's going to be called The No Worries Reset or Reboot. I'm not sure if it's going to be the reset or the reboot, but it will be live hopefully with by the end of the month. It's going to be kind of a series of a week's worth of meals and tips to like being stress-free, eating well to help promote that stress-free environment, some self-care practices, some journaling practices. And um, yeah, you're really just going to de-stress and eat well, feel great. Um, This is kind of ideal for those who like have either been like crash dieting or something and they are really feeling out of touch with their body and they just want a way to be able to nourish themselves, body, mind, and soul. And also it's perfect from when you come back from vacation and you're kind of reassessing (laughs) the way you talk to yourself when it comes to food or feel like getting over food guilt stuff like that um just kind of tapping in and checking in with your body kind of balancing your whole system so I'm really excited about this it's it's great I mean it's not like a super involved thing so it's not going to require weeks it's not a cleanse or anything you know I don't believe in cleanses but it's kind of just like a little reboot reset um, situation and it's not going to be vegan. It's going to be probably plant-based, but, um, there may be some honey, there may be some eggs, just some options for you. Um, feel free to make it vegan, feel free to add other protein, but I'll definitely give you more information on that. Also, I did a blog post uh, a few days ago on um, the podcast that I'm obsessed with these days. Please do not miss up that blog post. It's incredible and it has some awesome podcasters that I think that you'll really benefit from, and especially if you struggle with um, hormonal imbalances, kind of like I t- have tended to do. And my dogs are crying. Anyway, maybe that's a good note to kind of let you go. But we did just get back from Tyler and it was kind of a, uh, it was a weird trip. I mean, we had so much fun, don't get me wrong, but it was kind of one of those times where I was like, oh my God, it's so cheap to live in Tyler. And I was freaking out, kind of like my dogs are doing right now because someone's mowing the lawn next door. But yeah, being back in Nashville, I do feel way more grounded and grateful. So it all worked out for the better. Anyway, let's dive into this episode with Maddie Moon. Hey, Maddie. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing so good. Thank you for having me on your show. No problem. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, we just did a podcast for your podcast. We just did an episode for your podcast last week. We did. And it was so much fun. I loved it so much. I can't wait for it to go live. I know that was super fun. Everyone, we kind of like have been and we described this on your podcast, but I guess we can kind of go over it again. We've been like going back and forth, like on other social medias, mainly Snapchat is where it started. And we just like snap each other little dancing videos of us just being too cute, right, Manny? Just so cute. Too cute. Well, <laughs> we just clicked so well. Like we started like, I don't know, from the first time we messaged each other, I felt like we were good friends. And now I'm just like, mm. can I text you every single day all the time? Yeah. And show you- <laughs> 
<laughs> We're definitely on a texting basis now. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of official. Yeah, well, I posted about you on like my first, when I first got into podcasts, your yours and Christy Harrison's podcast really got me into them like earlier this year, like way earlier, maybe an, even end last December. But um, so like I posted it back in like March or May or something. And uh, I think that's when I first caught your attention, you know, and then it like kind of our relationship blossomed after that. <laughs> that's so crazy. That's so much longer. It feels like it was more recent than that. But yeah, when I think about it, I think I was still living with my ex, my, my boyfriend at the time, my ex-boyfriend now, whenever we first connected, which was just so long ago, feels like. Yeah, it's it, crazy. Um, I've been listening for a long time, but not like a long time, not like years or anything, but like for like the this whole year but yeah um well for those of y'all that are listening y'all that, that that's our taxes there it is um, <laughs> for those of you that are listening that um are unfamiliar with maddie um could do you think that you could give us a little bit of your background yes so my name is maddie like you said and i attract people to my, my message because I used to be a fitness competitor and I obsessed over my body and my body image. And I found my way out of that by finding true satisfaction and freedom within my life and taking all focus off my body, looking a particular way. And that was my message for about three years is helping women to reclaim body freedom and to really just enjoy the skin they're in, regardless of its shape or size and let go of the addiction we all have to people, please and oppress people. And more recently, I have been promoting a bit of a different message, but the same underlying themes that go on with an obsession with body image, and that is um, letting go of control and learning how to change your mindset and really just focus on what it is you want to create more of in your life. And I am a motivational speaker, mostly in the online realm, so I'm an online motivational speaker. If there was, was ever a thing, that's pretty much what I do. And I have my own podcast that I've been doing for two and a half years called Mind Body Musings. And I co coach clients and I host um, retreats and I do courses is tons of different things all across the web. I write books. Um, so that's pretty much what I do, long story short. And I'm just all about helping women reclaim their lives and take it by the horns and just not be in the backseat of their lives anymore and just live louder and play bigger. That is, it is so incredible to even hear you talk about that stuff, especially when it comes to control and how we need to break free of our like addiction to pleasing other people. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's something that I feel like I see with all the women in my life. I mean, of course, I feel like it's like the model that I've grown up seeing in my own home. And do you think that that's like the case, like for people that you coach and like for people that you've spoken with on your podcast is essentially like, it's almost like a bonding mechanism with the women like you need to be busy, busy, you need to be like serving others, you need to be doing all of this constantly to like, feel fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I do think so. That's a little bit different. I, I, like, I think that there is this thing happening more recently, or maybe actually not that recently, but in the past couple hundred years, it's just about women. And there's this sense of self-righteousness and almost being more heroic to be the absolute last person on your list of priorities. Um, and I think that's wrong. I think that if you want to show up as 100% Carson, you have to take care of yourself and you have to put yourself way up there on the list. You don't have to be at the very bottom of your list to be a worthy human being. It's not like you win an award or you're more special or worthy of a person if you put yourself last. In fact, if you want to show up 100%, that's the same time you're showing up and giving people the highest value you p can possibly give. If your cup is overflowing with stress, then there is no room for anything good inside of that cup. And, you know, on the flip side, the, the more common phrase is you can't pour from an empty cup. Same thing. If your cup is absolutely empty with, with, with nothing, then you can't pour from it. You can't continue to give in a in a beautiful, helpful way, an enlightened way, in a way that feels good good to you. If you are giving and serving from a place of fear, people are going to read off of that. And not only that, but you're going to be less fulfilled of a person because you're giving only from a place of fear. And that's essentially a place of lack. Wow. That really, 
that really spoke to me. Like, seriously, I was thinking like, wow, because you did say my name. But it like it makes me think of whenever I, I mm-hmm. tell myself that I'm doing things for other people or like, you know what I'm saying? Like whenever I kind of get that sense of like, and I've definitely worked on me, but I mean, like just throughout my life, like having that sense that someone isn't appreciating something that you've done for them because you have done this out of fear. Do you think that that's kind of like why it's not, why you are expecting that sort of like, like, do you, do you know what I'm saying? Like not feeling like someone is feeling, you, it makes you feel bad about yourself. You're like, oh, they don't, they're not really appreciating me. Like I am putting myself out there for mm-hmm. them because I'm like doing this for them because I need them to, you know, I need to serve them. I need to do this for them. I'm putting them before me and la, 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 la. But you're saying that like you can't give from an empty cup. You think that affects like the way that you like have these expectations for like relationships you know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think you start to give from a place of fear, you'll almost, so a couple of things are happening, but first of all, it's like you're seeking for validation for your existence. You're mm. giving from a place of fear because you think if, if I don't give blah, blah, then blah, blah will happen. And it's always a negative consequence. So when you don't receive what it is that you set out to receive, then you don't feel validated and you start to resent something or someone. You start to resent either yourself because you don't feel like you're enough because you didn't get the approval from a person. Mm. So it must be because you're not special enough. You're not unique enough. You're not loud enough. You're not bold enough. There must be a reason you're not receiving the validation that you expected to receive. But in reality, it's because that person doesn't, you know, give a crap or they're busy or they're this or that. But you're interpreting it differently. You're interpreting it as, well, I didn't receive the love that I thought I had earned by doing X, Y, and Z for this person. So I must not be enough. And that's where the problems begin to happen because then you start to obsess over minor things in your life and you make them major things. You obsess over the minor and in, in a, in a way you're just spending your precious finite life on very trivial things that honestly have no profound impact on anyone. They have no profound impact. And you're obsessing over your, let's say, for example, you're obsessing over your food or your body image because a bigger a bigger thing is happening. You don't feel like you're in control of your life or you don't feel like you are getting validated by your family for your existence. So you try to control the one thing you can and that's your food or your body image or how people see you when in reality you actually can never control really any of those things, but you think you can, you feel good about it. So it's a distraction from what's actually important in life. And and, and in a a completely different way, switching gears from like food and body image, like giving from a place of fear, say you're a, we can talk about families and and stuff like that, but maybe even talking about business-wise. So I'll give a very personal example, but like I mentioned earlier, I used to speak about body image and food almost all the time Mm -hmm. on my platforms, even though in my coaching sessions, we talked about fear, rejection, risk, playing bigger, all those really important, much bigger things. Mm -hmm. And I talked about them on my podcast too, but I had guests on that always talked about like how they recovered from ED or how they learned to love their body. And that's all great stuff, but it wasn't ringing true for me. And I started to have this podcast talking about these topics And it was from a place of fear. And I don't mean I'm scared. This is so scary. I mean more of I had this idea. If I don't talk about body image and food, then people will leave my list. Or Mm -hmm. then people will stop following me because I'm not talking about what they expect me to talk about. So I started to preach this word out of fear that if I switched gears and I talked about something deeper – or something that really rang more true to me, then I would lose people. So I was doing something out of fear I would lose people from following me. Essentially, I became a slave again. Like I was once a slave to my perfect body when I was a fitness competitor. I broke free from that. And then I became a slave to the people that followed me. And of course, everyone that follows me wasn't making me do this. They probably could care less if I changed my message. They'd still stick around because it still affects them personally to a T. But in my mind, I made up this story. I made up this thing and I had to realize I was creating out of a place of fear. And therefore the stuff I was putting out probably wasn't that great or spectacular to begin with because it was fear. And when I switched gears and I said, okay, I'm going to start talking more about 
things that I actually want to talk about, like playing bigger or creating dreams and making them happen and talking about success stories of actors and actresses and how they broke free or how to face failure and be okay with it. Those things that really light me up. When I started to talk about those things, it was from a place of love because I actually stopped caring about what other people thought or anything like that. And then I stopped resenting my message. I stopped resenting my followers. I really was loving what I was doing. And so I loved everyone that followed me. Hopefully this makes sense. I know it's a little bit confusing probably for people who have never really thought about this, but you can really create the sense of resentment for innocent people who have nothing to do with anything because it's coming from your own mindset and your Mm -hmm. own mentality. And when I switched what I was teaching and I switched my mentality and my mindset, the resentment quickly went away. I was creating from a place of love and my content skyrocketed. It was way better than ever before because it was really aligned with what I wanted to be talking about. And I wasn't living my life or only talking about things that I thought people expected me to talk about because in reality, no one's expecting me to talk about anything in particular. That's so, I, well, I completely relate to that. That is really amazing. And I, I'm trying to form the right words. I, essentially I feel like I totally relate with that limited like mindset you know how you like put these limitations on yourself when in reality what you're talking about you could totally like everything that you're going to be speaking on on your podcast and that you have spoken about is like the core issues I mean you've you've said that to me before Mm -hmm. but like it's the core issues of the things Mm -hmm. that were like making eating disorders bubble up or making body image like your distraction and it was I mean so all of that kind of stuff I mean anybody that even though I really don't think you probably had that many, but any of your followers that like were just only on it for, you know, their eating disorder recovery or whatever, probably are still getting that message from, you know, getting what they need from your podcast. Now, I feel like with me, like, I definitely have, I've, I, I feel like I still struggle with that kind sometimes, not like, just thinking in terms of like having such vastly different things I do want to like, pursue and I am trying to like I'm not trying to limit myself to like only focusing on a couple but like I do that too about like thinking that because I used to sell vintage clothes and I kind of dropped doing that so that I could do you know music and whatever and I was also you know in school to become a health coach and I used to talk about eating disorders and like eating disorder recovery and stuff back in like 2012 and 2013 and then I uh and then I like became a health coach and I've like thought about like For me, it was more to be able to kind of nourish your body and still find balance, but I wanted to, you know, learn more. And it it didn't stem from the place of like becoming like overly obsessed and wanting to know every single thing about food, 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 because I did go through the recovery process for myself back in 2012, you know. So for me to kind of drop talking about eating disorders on the blog, because I used to like only do that. And then I started incorporating more fashion and more music and more just lifestyle things. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was definitely, I did make that shift at the beginning of this year. And it was definitely hard for me. And I just like, I was telling myself that story that I was just, this was a flop, you know, like this is not going to work. This is not going to stick with my followers. This is not going to, they're not going to get it. It's not going to resonate with them. They were there for one reason. And now they're like, my business is going to fail. Like I'm not going Mm -hmm. to have one. And currently I guess I am kind of like working on some projects like with my health coaching and just my coaching in general and my writing and then on my music and how they I'm trying at this moment I am trying to keep them kind of separate you know what I mean so for me to even want to attempt two different things I have been trying to like not limit myself but also like so for for, just from you would you think that that was like possible or like too much of like a confusing scenario for an audience you know what I mean like do you think that it would be wiser to focus on two separate things or just anyone that's trying to choose between two things possibly is what I'm trying to think or would that be considered Mm -hmm. like reaching your full potential of trying multiple things because we are living like only one life you know what I mean right that's a great question and I'm going to speak, I don't have all the answers, of course, and I know that, but personally speaking, my gut reaction is um, 
combine them because I like simple. I am a very simplified, minimalistic person. For me, having two different separate things of everything sounds miserable. And if if I had that decision of, okay, I love to travel and I want to write about traveling, but I also have this um, other thing that I like to talk about, I want it to be good for me. If I if personally speaking, I like simple, but yet I make it more complex. Again, I'm creating out of fear. I'm doing, I'm separating them. I'm separating them out of fear because I'm making it easier for my followers. Cause if I combine them, I may lose, lose followers. Maybe someone only likes me talking about candle making and they don't like me talking about traveling. So I might lose the candle makers, but maybe, you know, on the flip side, I have people that can't stand candles and they only want to read about traveling like, ah, but then it'll be so frustrating for me to have everything separate that none of the content would really be any good anyways, because my writing would just kind of go down the drain because I would be overworked and I'd be stressed at everything separately. So I know those are two completely different things, but I believe that people come to you, Carson, because they want Carson. And that includes everything you talk about, the music, the fashion, the hair, the design, the food, they love all of it. And they want all of that together. I don't think they want to go to 1% of Carson over here. Hmm. And then, you know, 30% of Carson over here. And then this other percent of Carson over here, they want the whole entire package and they want the eclectic mix. And if they don't, they'll stop following you, but they're not your tribe anyways. And you never, ever, ever want to be a prisoner to anything ever again. So true liberation is to be able to be authentically a hundred percent you all the time. Now, when it comes to a website and you're selling something that's might be a little bit different because it could be hard to maneuver, uh, I don't know, like a website that is for candles when you have all these blog posts about, you know, when in Venice, what to do could be a little bit confusing here and there. So it really is up to the person if your goal is to share knowledge and to have a website that is about you or versus you're not even a part of it. And it's really just a website to sell something. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. my business is Maddie moon LLC. So for me, it does not make sense to have anything separate. Now, if my business was something that was completely different, like it is really just one product that I'm selling and I'm not a part of it. Like my face, you have to search to go find my face in the, uh, in the team tab. Well, that's different. But if you go to my website, it's, you know, it's my face everywhere because like the whole (laughs) business is Maddie Moon. So it gives me the flexibility to talk about whatever is really on my heart. And if you've been following me for a long time, you know that I go through lots of stages, like I, whenever I was traveling around Asia for the past three months, everything I wrote about was about traveling to some degree. Traveling was thrown in there. When I wrote for other publications, it was about travel Mm -hmm. and it just went with me everywhere. But when I started my relationship with my now ex-boyfriend, but boyfriend at the time, I had a lot of people on my podcast that talked about relationships and intimacy and uh, codependency and all that stuff because that's what I was interested in. So I'm really like, I go with the flow. And when I feel like I'm in the flow of something, I just go full it, full out on it. And I talk about it all the time. But then when the next season comes up and I'm ready to talk about something different, I go with it. And some people may like totally not be interested at all about learning about Mm -hmm. traveling, but they are totally interested in the relationship stuff. So they'll be more active whenever I talk about that, maybe back out a little bit when I'm talking about other stuff, but I really just do whatever rings true to me. You know, I, 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 I'm so done with only caring about what I think other people expect of me, because the truth is I think people expect things of me, but one, normally they're not, they're too busy thinking about what people expect of them to think about what they expect of me. Mm -hmm. And two, yeah, there are some people out there that do expect things of me, but do I want to live my whole life according to their expectations? No freaking way. And this same thing can be set for um, judgments. Like most people are not judging you at all because they're too busy judging themselves. But at the same time, yeah, there are some people that will judge you, but do you want to live your life and afraid of how they're going to judge you. No. So don't even worry about it. Expectations, judgments, fear, failure, all that stuff goes hand in hand. Like live your life according to your terms and no one else's. 
Mm. I, like one that, I like one that like transcribed it was so amazing it's so good it goes from one thing to another I'm just like I can get so uh distracted and like get on new tangents and rants no I mean I felt like that was exactly still what we were talking about um and for those of you that are listening it's not like I'm like planning a crazy shift or anything but I just I mean I think that that advice is so true for like any kind of thing that I've ever dealt with when it came to like facing two decisions but when it comes to business I feel like what my mindset is whenever I'm thinking of splitting is like success and like profitability like in Mm -hmm. the future when it comes to music I've got like a whole separate situation but when it comes to like coaching and like ebooks and stuff it's like its own thing but like you're right we did combine everybody that like has been following Bliss Branch Wildernessa we did combine like our like lifestyle blog and our music stuff and we kind of just like just created our own like huge world and it's kind of like how you have like the umbrella that is maddiemoon.com. Like that's kind of what Wildernessa was for like just our lifestyle blog. When I say our, I mean my husband and I, because he is somewhat involved. Um, it's not necessarily a couple blog, but it since we are a duo, you know, you know what I mean? Like he's always taking pictures. He's always doing this, but he doesn't like, <laughs> he doesn't write that much. I mean, he does like music Mondays and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean. I definitely agree. And like, I don't even know. I don't even know why I've been considering it so much. I guess it's because mm-hmm. I'm thinking of like in terms of, and this is never, I just, to be to be honest, this is never a place that I've ever been able to thrive out of when I'm thinking of money. You know what I mean? So what am I, right. why am I even thinking of money? Like, but that's, I guess whenever I do check back in with like long-term like mindset, and I do think that it's, I, but, mm-hmm. I do think that it's important to be aware of money, but I do come from like the scarcity mindset when it comes to money instead Mm -hmm. of the abundance mindset. But I know that you have a lot to say when it comes to that. So in your own personal experience, have like how has shifting your mindset from feeling like there's never enough money or there's never enough, there's never enough to feeling like, you it is always there and it is always available to you and it is abundant oh my gosh okay well first of all before i before i jump right into that because there's so much to say you should check out this one person came to mind when you've been talking about like the blending businesses who i think is a great example that it can work her name's julie bauer and she i'm not at all i don't i'm not at all paleo or any kind of way of eating, but she is a very well-known paleo cookbook uh, author Mm -hmm. and she has a blog, but she, about like a year ago, she got really into fashion and she started doing like fashion Fridays and then she does like to know it. And she's constantly bouncing kind of back and forth between her CrossFit workouts, her paleo and fashion. And you, you would think that like being a fashion blogger would really clash with being like a food blogger. But like, you know, you, you can totally relate, I'm sure, to like posting your fashion and wanting to share that and then also wanting to share food that you love, blah, blah, blah. But she's made it work really well and she just does what she wants. She's also – she cusses like a sailor, sailor and she just kind of does her own thing. And people will say like, I can't believe you do this, blah, blah, blah. And then she'll call them out for it on like Snapchat and, you know, regardless of – the way she is, people follow her and they love it, you know, cause she has her tribe, people that really like that unique blend of, of Julie Bauer. And I think it's really interesting. I follow all of her stuff. I think it's great how she just is 100% herself and she's found a way to blend everything she likes together. And she's still able to, of course, to make money and do her own thing. So hmm. that was a little side note to someone that I thought I wrote it be, down. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, okay. Mindset and money. So I have come, I don't know where I got this because I came from a family who we were all very well off. Like my dad only worked. My mom did not work. She's never had to work. And she just watched us and we lived in a, in a place, as you know, in Texas. And mm-hmm. it was just awesome. Like money was, it seemed to me as a child that money was abundant. I was always provided for. But somewhere along the way, I developed a message that I guess I created myself that money is scarce and I always need to be on the lookout for it to run out because it's always running out. And I think that goes a lot with, I believe it goes a lot with the language of 
can you afford that? Or I cannot afford that. And I would say that a lot. I cannot afford that. I cannot have that. Mm -hmm. But money is a totally made up concept. $1 compared to $100 is a totally made up concept that we have made up for the sake of swapping one thing for another. So essentially it is just value. This has a value of $100. This has a value of $3,000. And to us, we created this term afford as in I cannot create that value or I do not value that thing. And so some of the things that I did to start shifting my mindset to stop being so scared of money all the time is whenever something comes up that I need to pay for, I stop saying I cannot afford that. I either realize, A, I can totally afford that because <laughs> normally I can, and I just would say automatically I can't because mm-hmm. I didn't want to spend it. So I would just say I can't, but in, in fact, I very much could. I just didn't want to. So I would either stop saying that or I would change the verbiage to, I don't value that enough to put my money towards it. I don't value that enough. I don't value X, Y, and Z enough because it, to, to me, the value doesn't doesn't match that. It's not in a matter of I can't afford. It's that I don't value that. And that's one tiny piece of the puzzle. Another thing I did is I read a book called Money, A Love Story, which just changed so much for me. I really, really recommend anyone that has a negative relationship with money to read that. And the third thing I did that did the biggest shift in my life is I got a coach who really called me out on my money relationship. And he's the one that prescribed a bunch of stuff for me to work on. In fact, my coach, I'll just be blunt, he I paid him two grand just for one month of working with him. Mm-hmm. Two, two grand just for one month of meeting with him uh, for up to an hour a few times a month. And that is the most money I've ever put down for something so, especially something so intangible, right? I don't get mm-hmm. a product in the mail. And it's just total faith that this two grand is going to give me back value that is going to help me grow my business or grow myself as a person. And I trusted this person. I trusted my coach because he's already made so many huge impacts in my life without even really trying just from him being himself. He is, he, I think everyone has particular people that really speak to them in certain ways that gets through their noggin. And my coach for me does that. He just speaks in a particular way that really gets through to me. And so I just put this money down. It was all I had in savings. And I just said, this is what I'm going to do. And the only reason why I had savings in to begin with is because I read a post by him a long time ago about the importance of savings and how he goes about savings. (laughs) And so I started savings. And then there I had this money in the bank that again, because of him, (laughs) right? Because of him. It was just to me, it was like, that's crazy how that goes around. But I put that down and one of the things he really wanted me to understand is the, and people may listen and I really want everyone listening. I, I want you not to just to hear this, but to, to truly listen to this because it was very hard for me to take it seriously at first because when, when he said all of this to me, I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. Okay. Change your mind, change your life. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. But I, and I kind of resisted, I kind of ignored him telling me what to do. Cause he, what he wanted me to do is to listen to this financial abundant track, basically a hypnosis slash meditation every morning for about 20 minutes. And then to write down a, a money mantra 10 times and then write down another money mantra 10 times. So to me, it was like, ah, that's a lot of work for mm-hmm. all for not like it's stupid. I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of resisted it for a while. And then about the second week he we had our session and he was like, how's that going? And I was like, Oh, you know, I'm kind of doing it. And he was like, I thought you were doing it. There is no kind of doing it. You need to be doing this work. I'm telling you right now, when you start to change your mind, when you start to repeat things, on end over and over and over again, you start to believe it. Then you start to put out the energy for it. And then you start to attract that energy back. And I'm like, okay, woo woo, like whatever. But he went on this rant for about 30 minutes and he was just talking to me about how important it is and all these stories of people he's coached and how one guy, all he did was have him listen to this exact same meditation and do the exact same mantras. And he tripled his income within that first month. That's the only thing he changed was telling himself, I am financially abundant. I'm going to make this much money every month. I'm going to make this much money every month. I'm going to make this much money every month. Money is abundant. It's not scarce. Um, I'm so happy and grateful that I have it, blah, blah, blah. All these different things. 
And I'm like, okay, all right, I'll give this an honest shot. And I started to do this meditation every morning. I didn't do it for full 20 minutes, but I did it for about, well, actually I did. I did it for a total of 30 minutes. Half of the time was just lying, listening. The other half of the time I listened to it, but I did my writing, my mantras. And I did this every morning, every morning for a straight month. I not only completely changed my mindset about money, I don't feel like it is scarce anymore. I feel like it's abundant. I honestly do because I tell myself every day it is abundant. I feel like it's abundant now. When I think of $500, it's no longer like $500. It's like, okay, it's $500. It's money. It's just, it's no different from a lamp. It's just there. It comes and goes. Like, for example, I don't mean to be stupid with money though. I'm not telling people be stupid with your money and just throw it everywhere. But trust that when you let it flow out, it'll flow back in. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just flow out and then it never comes back. It does come back. Especially if you're someone who are, who's using your passion and talents to help the world, like you and I, using our talents to help people, and and we coach people, and we we have these unique methods of income where we can just push ourselves a little more one month, and maybe create a new product or a course, and then receive value for that. But I really did this, and I'm telling everyone that I was serious about it. I made a commitment to myself that I would do it every day. I tell myself my mantras throughout the day whenever I have a moment of scarcity with money where I'm like, oh my gosh, I have I have 10 cavities. Insurance won't cover as much as I wish it would. So much money, which yeah. totally, yeah. I have 15. Um, I just, I have 10 and I just got <laughs> seven uh, and I have, you know, three more now. But with me and Jake working together just in that first month, I reached that financial goal that we had created. And it, I, yes, I did create new new things and I did get serious about um, putting out more more work that's more aligned with myself. I stopped talking about food and body image and I start talking about motivation. So that increased my vibration as well. But I had tripled my income just in that first month. We only worked together for that one month and I tripled my income. And we're still working together, but just in that first month, I tripled it just by doing those mantras, changing my mindset around money, doing the meditation, and creating a message that was more aligned with me, getting really clear on what I wanted to talk about. And of course, then I was happier. I was full of more Mm -hmm. joy. I was more true to myself. People read that energy. They stopped reading fearful, creating out of lack, and scared Madeline, and they started to realize, oh, happy, on fire, vibrant Madeline. Yes, I want to invest in what she has to offer. I like that. And that's my really long, long explanation. But when people hear about the law of attraction and the art of manifesting what they want, it's not hocus pocus. It's not bogus. It's real. It's very real mm-hmm. because energy is a real thing. It's it's a very real thing. So if anyone wants to change the relationship with money, I hope you've been taking notes about all these different things I've been saying because it will change your life if you take the time to invest in doing these particular things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I, I'm a huge believer, especially with I mean, especially if even if you are are feeling skeptic, even listening to this, think about the subconscious mind and think about how it. It's like p- responsible for what is it like ninety percent of the energy that you put out, and mm-hmm. think about like every morning, just plugging in and dialing in on something. Even if you're just like, oh my gosh, I am so like late right now or whatever. And I mean, I'm not saying that, but I am so like not wanting to do this, but whatever. Anyway, giving it all of your attention and really just tapping into that and creating. I always think of like this ball of energy that I'm creating towards something sometimes, you know what I mean? Like I feel like I'm connecting with this concept and then for like a concentrated amount of time and then I can move forward within my day. But I mean, think about the subconscious mind and how it controls. I mean, it's definitely worth playing with everyone. And I agree, like you take those notes and go do some research. And I'll have some stuff in the show notes, I'm sure, from what she's talking about. But um, what I was about to say was, okay, so because I know that there are so many people that always message me about this kind of thing. And I know that you've probably had people that have asked you the same, similar things. But when it comes to you and your relationship with money and all the changes that you've made and you mentioned like not being stupid with money because like some people do like not really resonate with the concept of abundance and so they like they do spend what they don't have and I do think that that's a little different um I do think living the life that you want to live and just going ahead and living it is totally a thing and it's helped me and I've seen results of that in my own life while I'm manifesting and like writing things do you know what I mean like you know and 
getting really specific with my intentions and things that I want to attract and like the reasons why and like very specific with that. I haven't really focused on money that much, but now I'm feeling inspired. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But a lot of people, this may just be whatever. I mean, you can just whatever you think. But a lot of people ask me like, you know, should I just take a risk on what I'm what I my business that I'm passionate about? Um, should I quit my job? And I'm always like, don't quit your job yet. <laughs> like, do not do that yet. Right. But I've done it in the past, so I can't really say anything. And it worked for me for like two and a half years until, drum roll, I totally did not even care about what I was doing anymore. And I was just doing it. Like, I was just selling vintage. And it was one of these things that I realized, like... <laughs> I would never purchase. And whenever you think like what you were saying, like speaking to the true Madeline, like doing things out of your own heart, like doing things that you were passionate about and what you would would like to see in the world you were putting out. Do you know what I mean? And do you feel like that acting from that place of love and like only putting out things that you would want to read, things that you would want to watch, things that you would want to listen to, um, do you think that that has like the best... <laughs> kind of like return when it comes to like the energy balance do you know what I'm saying yeah I think so I mean I think that's when when like I never put out a video that I don't like um and I never really share articles that I don't necessarily agree with unless I post something and say here's my view you know I don't always mm-hmm. agree with this but here's what I think what do you guys think unless I just want to get their opinions on something but I, tr- and I, and I, and I'm not saying I'm perfect either. Like sometimes I, I, have been thinking about this recently. I write a, a weekly newsletter and I really don't enjoy writing newsletters, but yet I've been doing it. And I've been thinking about this recently, whether or not I want to continue writing newsletters because mm-hmm. it just doesn't ring that true to me. And I, and you know, my head, it's like, Oh, but people expect me to write a newsletter over Wednesday. Yeah. What's going to happen? Are people going to get off my list? Cause I'm not contacting them enough. Blah, 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 blah. Well, truthfully, no, no one really expects a newsletter every Wednesday. They've got a million different emails coming in their inboxes that they're probably just archiving anyways. So people aren't going to be devastated if Madeline stops writing newsletters. So I have to test it out and see, does that feel good to me to stop writing or do I miss it? But it takes trial and error. It takes figuring out, taking the leap and and either not doing something to see how it feels or starting to do something to see how it feels. And I agree with what you were saying earlier. It's like, maybe don't quit your job quite yet, but take those steps while you have a job to get started. And I'm reading this awesome book right now, um, can I cuss on this podcast? Oh my God. I'm, I like wasn't swearing because I thought that you don't like swearing on your podcast, but I say fuck like over and over and over again. Okay. <laughs> no, I, so yeah, I cuss. I just don't really cuss on my podcast and I don't really, it just doesn't, I don't know. See again, another thing, it doesn't ring true to me to do it on my podcast, but in real life I'm like, whatever. But <laughs> I'm reading a book called this, um, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. And it's by a guy named Mark Manson. And it's really, truly incredible, and I absolutely love it. And, and I just finished this, this chapter that I'm thinking about, which is why it's on the top of my head. But he talks about how he, um, he graduated from college when we had that major terrible recession. Mm. How many years ago? What, eight years ago? Yeah. Like the worst ever. And he graduated without having any job prospects, anything going on trying to not be in debt, but he said he was like searching in the couch cushions for money just to pay for like McDonald's. So him coming out with a blog saying, I'm going to give this a shot. He started at failure. He had no job. He had, he was living the life people fear so, so much as they get older, as they go on fearing the prospect of not having a job. Well, he lived that nightmare and he knows, he knew it wasn't the worst thing in the world. So might as well go after your dream or go after this idea this thing that you're passionate about. And I think that's one good way to look at it as failure. You know, people go through this terrible, horrible thing, but it's really not the end of the world. It's not bad. You can always find a job. Fortunately, now I think they're much more available than they Mm -hmm. were eight years ago. If it doesn't work out, you can always go back to having a nine to five. You can always go back to having a side hustle. You can do whatever. Like just because you make one decision now doesn't mean you're locked in for life. Nothing is permanent. Nothing Mm -hmm. is permanent. Anything can be undone anything you can redo, but don't let the fear of failure ever hold you back from giving something a shot or giving something a go. Cause I know many times I have tried to not have a job and just make my own thing work. And w- at one point I did end up getting another job because I wasn't really clear on myself yet. I wasn't at a time where I could loudly proclaim a message that I enjoyed 
because I was still really trying to figure myself out, which I consider myself to always be figuring myself out. I yeah. just think I'm figuring myself out a little bit less these days because I'm more secure in what I'm, what I'm saying. Um, and that's another thing Mark talks about in the book, which is awesome. Is like never being absolutely certain of her, who you are. Cause then you stop growing. So always be doubting who you are so that you continue to grow and learn, which I think is a mind blowing concept. But anyways, eventually I got to a point where I did feel very comfortable to take that leap. So I quit my nine to five job, said I was going to do it. I was going to make it happen. I lowered all my expenses. Fortunately, I did not have debt at that time. So I understand it's different for people who have debt and who have a kid and have all these responsibilities. Very different. I was very fortunate in that way. Um, at the same time, I don't think that I think your decisions are what will really define the directions you go, not necessarily your circumstances. Woo. I just keep going around and around, no. around. but it's what I was going to say is yes, I eventually got to a point where I did quit my nine to five. I, took the leap. It was amazing. And I got a side hustle online, basically being someone's just go-to girl for online assignments, kind of being like a virtual assistant. And it was for my mentor at the time, which was great. So I was constantly being mentored by him. And, uh, I did that for a while, which the amount he paid covered my rent at the time, which was perfect. So then I was just really had to push myself to create an extra, what, $600 a month. And so, I had this guy giving me $1,000 every month to do side work, and then I just pushed myself to make an extra 600 because at the time my expenses were so incredibly low. And then as my expenses grew, because my business grew, my, my drive grew, I started pushing myself to create more and to make more money. And, and now I'm at a point where I can cover my insurance. I can also make savings. I can pay for pop-up surprises of things, my rent, this, that food. And, and it took me a couple of years. It took me a couple of years. So I think it's definitely great to have a side thing as you pursue this big, broad idea that you want to create something just for yourself. And that's amazing. I am like a huge, like I totally breached the side hustle because I personally like, I was an entrepreneur for a while. And like I said, it did kind of like, I totally lost interest. And then that kind of led to like it having no, you know, momentum anymore. So like nobody was really paying attention. It was hilarious. But anyway, um, and I didn't realize how much I thrive around other people. You know what I mean? And then I like put myself, I have like a, a very public kind of like interacting with multiple people every single day, like hundreds of people every day. And I thrive and I, I go home feeling so much better and it's kind of a meditative thing for me at this point because I only work a few days a week that's my side hustle but anyway um I was gonna ask so I know we're getting kind of close but before we kind of wrap it up I would love to know like just in your opinion what what role gratitude kind of like plays in this whole you know manifesting what it is that you want out of your life like how, what role do you think gratitude plays in, in the sense of like respecting and admiring the abundance around you, even if your bank account is negative $88 or even if, you know, you are single and you just got dumped or, you know, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like w whether yeah. your circumstances are less than ideal, but still being able to be grateful for whatever. Yeah, well, I think that being able to appreciate what you have is really the core of what makes us happy people. Mm -hmm. So you can have the law of attraction and you can bring in more money or bring in more friends, but those things are not what's going to make you happy. It's being grateful for what you do have for, for the fact that you have a beating heart right now. That in itself is a miracle. Like the odds that you are not going to be born are huge, ginormous. The fact that you're here on this earth is incredible and it means something. It means you're here for a reason. And being able to acknowledge that and say, hey, I'm here and I have family or I have a body that functions or I have air in my lungs or I have a roof over my head, whatever it is that you have, being able to stop and appreciate those things creates a grateful heart. And if you have a grateful heart, then you don't need money to be happy. You don't need more friends to be happy. You're just happy because you are here. And being able to stop and take a moment to be grateful for those things is so important just to make sure that you keep your perspective in check so you don't get 
too ahead of the game and then get lost in the needing more, wanting more game, because that's not what all this is about. I have the law of attraction and wanting to create more money in my life, not so that I have more and I'm a happier person. I'm already a happy person. I'm happy with my life. I was happy when I was making a third of what I'm making now. I was happy when I had a different job. I was still happy because I was grateful for what I did have. And that's the important thing. And that is to me what my values are. Mm -hmm. And making sure that I have my values, making sure I take time to be grateful for God for what he's given me. Mm -hmm. um, that's really what creates joy in my life. And I do have a gratitude practice where I write down about five things I'm grateful for every single morning, just so that I make sure I remember to stop and smell the roses and to, to realize what it is that I have going on in my life because many people don't even have those basic things. That's so true. Yes, I totally recognize that. Do you think that having the sense of having that spirituality and having that sense of God has helped ground you in times? Do you know what I mean? Whenever you're thinking, whenever you're getting wrapped up in the bullshit and you're just like, oh my God, there's just so much shit like happening to me. And then you like have that because that's what kind of helps me. It's like that grounding thought of like, okay, 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 okay. So right. <laughs> this is not actually all that, that real. Like the sense of, I spoke on this in my last podcast, I believe, but basically the sense of we did create money and you mentioned that earlier, things like that. Because I typically do struggle with the money stuff. That's like whenever I do get wrapped up, I'm like, oh my God, all the bullshit, my money, all mm -hmm. this stuff, my 15 cavities, which I do think that self-care guys, take care of that. Take care of your cavities. I'm working on it. But um, do you think that that is really something that has helped you? Yeah, it has. And I think that... The money stuff has helped me big time, but for me, I think where I struggle the most is I, if I can say this correctly, I can get lost in thinking that my performance, everything, everything lies on my performance, right? Mm -hmm. Like if like I have a retreat coming up that you know of, and I'm so excited about it, but also it's like the fear of what if people don't like it? What if I suck? What if I'm this? What if I'm that? And then I remember that I, I'm not on this earth to have the perfect retreat. I'm not on this earth to be the perfect coach because there's God. Mm -hmm. It's not about me. The world is not about me. The world is about God. It's God. Like I just, it brings so much relief when I realize like, Oh yeah, God, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even oh, need yeah. to like, explain much more. It's just like, this is not about me. Like it's much bigger than me. I'm just here doing my little part on this earth. I'm gonna try my best, but the world does not stop if I don't do the perfect X, Y, and Z, or if I fail or if I succeed, nothing changes. I could be terrible at something, but nothing changes. Like God is still God and God is still good and God is still bigger than me. So I don't need to worry about being special or being unique or being this or being that or doing the perfect this or if I mess up, it doesn't really matter. Like honestly, the things we stress about are so ridiculous because it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And that's another thing I've been learning from this book. He just has a really great way of putting it to perspective that it does, like we put so much pressure on ourselves to be something when in reality, like it doesn't really matter because the world goes on regardless of whether or not we have this perfect performance or if we get this promotion or if we move to this certain place or if we make this certain friend, like it doesn't really matter. It just matters in our little tiny itty bitty brain. But for me being able to go back to God and say, oh, God is bigger than all of this. Like I don't need to be perfect because God's perfect. Like it just brings me so much comfort and relief. Wow, that's awesome. That's beautiful. I love that. I feel like that'll really resonate with a lot of people, especially if they are struggling and they are feeling like that lonely sense of like, I'm a little lost. But mm -hmm. um, I definitely think that that's a grounding strategy that um, it's kind of foolproof. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, always. Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and head into the quick fire question. So with this podcast, I have a series of like deeper questions. There's a lawnmower happening in the background. If it, I have, I have a big foam mattress piece like hovering over the mic, but there's still like lawnmower. So if anybody hears it, sorry. Anyway, um, deep, I have a deep category and I also have a silly category. So I'm just going to dive into the deep ones. Um, name three things you've accomplished this week. Three things. Oh, um, um three things i've accomplished this week well it's monday so it can it be like from it, last monday it's last tuesday week? oh it's tuesday <laughs> well i'm first okay so it ha does it have to be like from today and yesterday and Sunday? no it can be like from last monday it doesn't matter okay um geez i just feel i, I launched my the freedom lounge so i have a 
a group coaching program called the Freedom Lounge. I launched that officially yesterday, and that's been in the works for months, so I'm really excited about that. Um, yes, I'm very stoked. I Let's see. I feel like I've done so much, but then whenever I get asked this question, I'm like, duh. Um, I did all this graphic design marketing stuff for the freedom lounge, which kind of goes along with that, but that can be pretty stressful is getting like the website up and getting all the, the graphics that you want completed. So I got through that made them all. They're beautiful. I love them. And I have done like three, four, five interviews in the past week. So yay. Yay. That's like a lot. That's like those interview. each interview could be its own thing. Each interview. Could yeah. Be its own thing. That's um, true. Okay, so what would you like to see more of in the world? Hmm, I would like to see more women playing bigger, more women not being afraid of what people think about them. Okay, so yeah, whenever you say playing bigger, because we've said it a few times, I know you kind of explained it at the beginning. You, you will you explain like not, you know, serving others? Does that that's what you're saying? Just for those that like don't know what we're talking about, like playing bigger, just like not just being in their own like having their own sense of self and being able to like right. be feel powerful. And like, when, when I say it, cause some people mean like have a bigger business. That's yeah. Not what I mean. Okay. When I say playing bigger, I'm thinking of the woman who talks like this all the time and says, I'm sorry because they just want to be like quiet, not, not take up space. They don't want to be noticed. They want to be smaller physically. They want to be smaller emotionally and mentally. They don't really want to make a ruckus or stir things up in the pot. And I want people to play bigger. I want them to stop apologizing for who they are. Stop saying I'm sorry when they make a loud noise or whenever they do something very human, when they embarrass themselves, stop feeling so bad about it and stop playing their lives according to other people's rules of how their mom thinks they should look or how their dad thinks they should act. Just playing bigger, and that can literally mean playing too. Like stop thinking that everything has to be so seriously. Start playing. Start having fun. Oh, my gosh. That's so true. I'm, I'm so serious in my life sometimes, but the podcast is where I have my fun. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So what's something your inner critic always tells you, and what do you say back my inner critic likes to tell me, that's a really good question, um, that I'm not ready yet. Mm. And I say back, I only become ready by trying. So Hey, I really, <laughs> really love that. You're always ready to try, you know? Yeah. Okay. So for the funny ones, and this is kind of like not insanely cool. I mean, I want to I want to overhaul these. I always say that. But okay. So, and I think you asked this question. But if what if you were a superhero, what would your superhero name be and what would your power be? My power would be to breathe underwater. And I know that's so weird, but I've always imagined that I my spirit animal is a mermaid. Mermaid uh, Maddie. Mermaid Manny. And so I've always wanted to, to be underwater. I just, I don't know why, but the world under there fascinates me because I know so little about it. I think there are select few people, marine biologists, that know much about it. And everyone else is kind of clueless. So I would really love to be able to be invited into that world. And if I could breathe underwater, I would just like probably wear something very protective and go down there and just really check it out. And like, I'd also have, I'd be like, I wouldn't be able to breathe underwater, but I'd be tr- I'd pretty much turn into a mermaid. That would be what it is. I'm seeing under the sea. Under the oh. sea. <laughs> and my name, geez, that's really tough. I'd probably say something like, I don't know, I really like my name. Is that weird? Not uh, weird. I would probably be like, oh, you know Sailor Moon? Well, I'm Maddie Moon. I'd probably be like, Sailor Silver. Moon. I'd probably be like Silver Moon or something like that, but I would keep the moon and I would change the first name because you can have so much fun with that Amber Moon. Amber Moon the Mermaid. Maddie Ooh. Moon. That should be your <laughs> new <laughs> intro. <laughs> I don't even remember that, but I remember Sailor Moon. Okay. So um, what's one food that you hate? Like gag, gross. Like not food fear because I know you don't have those, but I mean like some people are like, oh yeah, I, hate, I, I, I don't like gluten. And I'm like, do we really not like gluten, guys? Do we really? Do we really? I mean, who doesn't like a blueberry bagel with cream cheese? Really, guys? Do we really not? Um, but <laughs> uh, we had a bagel for lunch. Okay. Food you hate like gag gross. Oh. Um, 
I feel like this should be easy, but it's hard for me to think of one right now. A food I hate, I really dislike. I'm trying to think. I'm not a fan of, huh? I said popular ones so far, mushrooms and eggplant. Love mushrooms. Me too. I eat them raw, like all the time. Me too. They're good raw. What other popular ones? Um, I don't know. I don't like beer. That's just not something I like. What? You like beer, girl? Oh, my gosh. I don't chug, know what chug, it's like chug. in Nashville, but here is, like, the craft beer yeah, it's like that center here. of the world. And I never liked beer until I moved here and uh, was introduced to stouts and saisons. And now I'm kind of a beer snob, and I love them to death. I can oh. drink it all the time, which is terrible. I'm, I don't drink it all the time. You know me, girl. I like that rosé. Like. You like that rosé because you're from Texas. <laughs> I like to sip my rosé nice and chilled on the patio. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I really don't like, um, I don't know. I like a lot of things. I don't like the flavor of carob. It's not my favorite. I don't like it very much. Or anything licorice flavored, like licorice teas. Oh, if you get a, li- a good like licorice root in your tea, you're like, Ugh. I don't like I love that. black. I always liked the black jelly beans when I was a kid. Well, I like, I guess I like the jelly candy licorice, but you know, like licorice yeah. root or like marshmallow root. Gee, I don't like that. I don't really know. I don't really know those to think about it. Like, I don't think um, I've ever really had those. I might hate it. Um, but yeah, I'm just coming up. I'm, I think the, I know there's something. There's something that seafood? I hate. I can't think of it. Octopus? No. No, I see. I actually like that. I like pretty much everything except for. Um, I don't really like mustard. I mean, I can eat it though. I've I've had it before. I just I don't love mustard. It's not really food. It's condiment, but still, I yeah. I could go. I would rather go without mustard. That's okay. I think that that's like such a pungent, weird thing. Sometimes, like for me, whenever I get like, I'll get like a juice, and I'll like, I'll go like ape shit. I'll get like all the apple cider vinegar, all the turmeric in my juice, and then all of a sudden I'll get it, and it's like mustard. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is a superfood, but it's so disgusting. Um. <laughs> Okay, so what's your favorite dessert? And it can be specific to a place. If it's a place, tell me what it is so I can put it in the show notes. But if it's just something you make or it can be a general like ice cream or a brand of ice cream, what is it? I love any lemon poppy seed anything, but specifically, I can't really you can't go to the place cuz it's just a local place here, but it is called Romano's Bakery in case anyone happens to be in Longmont, Boulder area. Okay. But Romano's Bakery makes this lemon poppy seed cake and it's raspberry it has like this raspberry layer like in the middle and the frosting of course is homemade like everything there but it's like this so perfectly whipped fluffy but kind of dense frosting that's also lemon and it's just the best cake in the entire world it's just phenomenal so good why do some people hate lemon flavored things like i'm married to one oh, of those that's my people. favorite me too oh, i like lemon and lime like lime like key lime pie or key lime, lime cheesecake lemon, lemon like, bars oh my lemon, my tongue is like cookie ah. ice cream Ooh. lemon cookie ice cream by three twins ice cream is okay i'm gonna write that down or i need to go get some i haven't had some in like a year lemon. i need to yeah girl you need you need it today lemon cookie I need it today. ice cream what is it what's the brand Three twins. Three, oh, I know three twins brand. Freaking ridic. Ridic. So ridic. No. <laughs> okay. So, what's your weirdest obsession? It can be like um, a habit. It can be like a habit that you hate. Just anything that you're passionately like. Not in like a bad way. Not in like a self-loathing. Like this is a problem of mine. But like, I hate it when Colin bites his nails I literally like will slap his hand I'm like stop putting your nails it's killing me mm. I hate that too my ex-boyfriend would do that and it Ugh. drove me crazy like really crazy I hate like, the I, sound the click I just click. hate the way it looks it's like get Ew. your hand out of your mouth <laughs> like what you look creepy like a little goblin get it out of there <laughs> and it can happen for people like they just do it all the time I think for me though mine would be smacking I mm. am very 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 sensitive to people smacking and I can't I could never ever ever date someone who eats with their mouth open let alone like have more than a couple lunches with them because it's just so disgusting for me like just I don't know just please eat with your mouth closed I don't want to watch your food and just the sound of it like I just don't like those sounds I almost feel like it's human nature to just recoil when you hear something like that kind of 
nasty, juicy, weird mouth right. sounds. Just, ugh. I hate that. I also hate whenever there people have women have like lip gloss on, and like when they open their mouth, it like has leaves a little string of lip gloss in between their lips. It's like, ew. <laughs> I'm like, ew, get it out. Okay, um, so where can do you have any announcements? And where can everyone find you? And I'll have links for everything anyway. Yes. Everyone can find me at maddymoon.com, M-A-D-D-Y, moon, like the moon in the universe.com. And my podcast is Mind Body Musings. It's also on there, but it's also on iTunes and Stitcher. And announcements, I would just say that the Freedom Launch, I mean, Freedom Launch, the Freedom Lounge, like I was mentioning earlier, just launched. So if anyone is looking for just a daily dose or monthly dose, I should say, of major, juicy, delicious inspiration. If you're looking to um, live your life m- more according to you and less according to others, and you really enjoy reading good new books and hearing interviews and coaching calls, all that's going to be in there every month. It's like a new topic. So this first month, we're talking about purpose. And this coach that I've told everyone about he's actually the person that's going to be in the interview this month and he's sharing all of the insight about reclaiming your purpose and creating your purpose and we read his book the purpose principles in it so we read that together and we just go over the, all the amazing juicy things inside the book coaching calls videos exercises assignments all of that stuff is in the freedom lounge so i'm so freaking excited about it if anyone wants to check it out it is thefreedomlounge.com Okay, Maddie. Well, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. I feel like we talked about a lot of like, I mean, like life changing things. So I hope everybody really was ready to get deep today because I feel like all of this stuff can benefit you in every area of your life. Um, Yes. Well, it was so nice to talk to you. Thank you for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.